You're listening to the Dogfight Podcast. Discussing everything regarding the fight and beyond. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor and more. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, get comfy and enjoy. One, dogfight, five. I'm joined today by Tom K and Tom Moore. Uh, we've been away for a month um, just because of university, you know, life happening. A lot of things have happened in that past month. Um, actually, quite a lot of stuff has happened, but we're not here to talk about that today. We're going to talk about that later, maybe in another episode. We're just going to keep it chill today, um, discuss, you know, maybe some things that have happened in the MMA world recently, because actually has been a lot. Uh, we've seen really good fight nights we've also seen the ufc fight uh, fight island come to life and a couple retirements here and then there we're going to talk about whether they're a bit bullshit or if they're real we're probably going to come to the conclusion that most of them are bullshit but tom k tom moore welcome gentlemen hello hello how you been boys been doing all right you know just i don't know i feel like i'm, I'm used to the sort of lockdown thing now the only thing i'm really missing is is the is the gym and seeing me mates but I mean like now we're able to sort of like socially distance see people in our like each other's gardens and things so I've been able to see a couple of my like local friends but it'd be nice to you know catch up with the York people and you know it, there's only so much you can do like with discord calls and things like that but it, you know you, you do miss after a while just being able to physically see each other really deep start that is I, yeah I guess <laughs> I think I'm in the same wavelength though um, like shops are reopening that so there is like an, an essence of society coming back together but yeah it's, it's, it feels like it's been on for a long time now I'm just kind of getting a bit done with it this is a mad thing yeah. about um, about the time the time frame of this whole thing though is I saw a tweet to, uh, this morning do you remember that um, that bird that went missing, and then that woman was like Chanel. I, you when not, you said you, bird, I thought you, you meant that? girl. So no, nah, I'm not a misogynist. <laughs> I wouldn't use I wouldn't use a name like that. Well, I so I was going to be like, what are you chatting about? <laughs> no, like no, a, a genuine uh, a genuine parrot. pet it was, bird. It was that South African. Is it a South African parrot? Something like that. It was grey, but it was called Chanel. But anyway, the 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 point being that that was only six weeks ago. That, was that six feels weeks like ago. a life. That's six weeks ago. That seems like a lifetime ago. In oh, fact, that's probably about the last time week. we recorded. <laughs> nah, it happened after that, surely. <laughs> I'm not sure, man. No way did that happen six weeks ago. Fuck. Like, days are just. We've said this before in that past episode. Um, but, like, days are just. They're just one day. They're not even, like, connected. Very deep and profound words. Days are just like one day. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but you, I know what you mean, Morgan, because like, up until now, it's felt for me kind of like I've just been on an extended Easter break, and it wasn't until today that like, kind of had like the whole realisation of like how much time has passed, because today was when I cleared out my uni house with my dad. It's like leaving there, I was like, oh, you know, I've... I've kind of finished uni forever and I've kind of finished it in the weirdest way by being at home for the last term and you know not being anywhere near the university. Yeah, yeah I really same. I really I really feel sorry for you too and obviously everyone else who's just finished uni this time like Tommy 
and um, you know all, all the others and, and that and it's just like the, those like last few weeks of uni for me it was like when we'd we'd finished our dissertations we just had like you know a week with the house just chilling before everyone moved out and stuff like that you sort of like not had that opportunity to have like parties and summer ball colours ball um, shout out to one of the boxing members who won a won a award there I can't remember off the top of my head but I know someone did um, didn't Chris win? yeah Oh yeah, I mean, I think I think Chris did, didn't he? Or did he? He won one the year before. Uh, either cu- way, couple couple of years ago, I think for oh, best okay. coach. I, I suppose he was nominated last year. Oh, I can't remember. I, okay, don't. Call either way, like those sort of things that you would have been doing if you, you know, if you were able to, even just like saying saying to us, like the the club members for the last time and things like that. Like you'll never be well unless you come back to do a PhD. You'll never be a part of like the York MMA. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The York, um, nope. The York MMA committee or like society again in, as like an active member, maybe as a you know as an alum and coming back for yeah. fight nights and stuff like that. But yeah, it's quite quite a sad time. I, I do feel very sorry for you guys. I was going to say what's happening with graduation and that. Uh, before we just get qu- very quickly before we get to that, I was just going to say there's no way they're not going to have us back on commentary for the next fight night. There, <laughs> that's surely going to be a yearly occurrence. I, I've I've been down. Um, Chris's neck every time he mentions fight night to me I'm just like and I'm going to be there commentating with the rest of Dogfight he's like yeah yeah of course he's got no choice Wait, perfect are you not going to come back and compete no, I don't think we'd be no. able to would we because no. we're not part of the club anymore I'm not going to be can. doing I'm not going to be doing MMA anyway so mm. I'm just going to be doing Jiu Jitsu see I, I might start doing like MMA properly because uh place where i'm going to now which is uh 10th planet but the place that it's held in is like an official training facility which has which uh, has like an octagon in there and like a couple rings and then like proper coaches who come down so depending on how expensive it is i might start doing it but i don't think it's gonna i don't think the club would probably let ex-members come in because then like, i imagine that'd be well hard to kind of do logistically when you have to like plan yeah. it all out kind of takes away from like the whole the whole way the fight nights run as well like being taught at uni by uni students fighting other uni students when you start bringing people from like outside gyms like they've got way more ability to like prep for a fight night and they're going to be at like such a different level that it's just Mm. it's not the right way to make a matchup yeah anyway going back to graduation sorry tom um I think it's going virtual uh, this like academic year. I've had an e- I literally had an email today saying uh, you've got to like set up your uh, online thing. But I think they're doing like music. You can like submit music. Yeah. So when you get called I, up, I I really want someone how- to just submit like some very interesting songs. I was gonna submit something like six four five's ARs like that squeaky Mickey Mouse song, or I was gonna submit. Um, <laughs> Millie B's send for Sophie Aspen oh, <laughs> man, Media <laughs> and then just walk I mean like what, what? how does that even work like do you just like I, do you have your camera utter... like fixed and then you just cut to you just like <laughs> <It's utter laughs> I will I will not be attending that I'm going to wait until they uh, redo them when all of this has calmed down and 
yeah, um, do them in person. I'll probably fill out the form for it because I think it said if you don't fill the form out and then you do it after the date, you get charged like a hundred quid or something like that. It's crazy. Such bullshit, man. But um, but you you are missing out the cost of having to rent your gown and all that shit. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't that too fussed about uh, graduation anyway. Like for me, graduation was more about my family coming up and like expit like not like in a way like oh look at me, but like. But a lot of my family members, like my grandparents, have never had someone go to uni in their family, so it was like a big thing for them. For me, though, personally, like I wasn't too fussed about it. Yeah, I've, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I'm the first to graduate in my family, so I mean, my dad technically has a degree in professional policing, but it's not. You know, we don't talk <laughs> about really police same. right now. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like I, I, I wanted to do it just for like my family and. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'd regret it if I didn't. Yeah, I think I'm on the same wavelength. Um, I, I don't see the point in doing it virtually. Like, it's not, it isn't the same at all. They're just doing it to say they've done one, probably, which I can understand. Can I just go back to that point? So, the idea of professional policing, then you have on the flip side unprofessional policing. Oh, so does no. that mean that your your dad's a professional? But American cops are unprofessional. I mean, he has a degree in being a police officer and enacting the law, so... Legally. I mean, he, w- he was pretty good at what he did before he retired. Fair play to him, fair play to him. Yeah, I mean, graduation's a weird one this year, and I imagine next year it's going to be probably not as set strange, but there probably will be, if things continue the way they are, you will more than likely have a different setup anyway like maybe yeah social distancing and acting I, I mean i doubt it from a year i don't think they now. can when it when it was my uh, master's graduation in january which is weird thinking that i graduated this year uh 2020 the year of hell um but like the amount of the amount of families that are in there everyone's like crammed in at, you know in the in the um central hall and like you were you were very much like there was so many graduates sat on um, on the benches that you were sort of like waiting to get called up. There's no way you can have that many people in in a room like that uh, in the next like year or so at least. I don't think. I just think it's irresponsible. Yeah, I guess it all depends on kind of how things go from that. Like if a vaccine's released by then, which it most and more than likely will not be, um, you will you might see some changes. But it's, I mean, like who who knows what's going to happen in a year from now. Like things like f- as simple as fight night, even though it's not simple, but that's gonna change. You know, like competition's gonna change and everything for the next foreseeable future. It's a weird one, isn't it? It's definitely weird. The thing is, like, we've been in lockdown for what's the date today? It's kind of the seventeenth of June. Um, it's ten weeks, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, actual lockdown. I think was March, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Was it late March? So yeah, it's like the twenty third of March. Good couple of months, and like nothing really has progressed. It's more just kind of stay the same and just kind of waiting for it. I mean, we've peaked and we've entered confusion about what we're meant to do, but other than that, yeah, nothing's changed. That's what I mean. Yeah, like nothing's <laughs> actually. We haven't like had like real like what other countries have had, like for example, New Zealand has declared itself uh, free except it, it had one British traveller go to it which is just typical in it yeah. which then took it back we're just we're just ruining everything <laughs> yeah 
But like, I'm just the fucking worst. Like Chris, Chris, uh, who's part of this, is like he lives in Switzerland. There, back to pretty much normality. Like he's training full time, back at the lab. There, there are some worries though. He was saying that there's going to be a second peak according to like some projections for Switzerland. So it's, it's hard. I think like New Zealand's such a special exception because of the way they are very spread out in that country and the fact that you know. I mean, I don't want to completely fangirl over New Zealand, but they really just do deal with things quite well, generally. They're quite prepared over in New Zealand for all eventualities. So I think They've got good leadership always... as well, haven't they? Yeah. God, I want to go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, was, I was just going to... I had a thought then, and it completely escaped my mind. It was something about New Zealand. Um... They've got penguins and they've got hobbits. Yeah, they've got Bilbo What baggins. more do you need? That what is more literally, do you need in you'd, you'd be happy, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I think I'd be really happy in a little hobbit hole. Would you? Like, you just got, a really got, cool little quaint hobbit hole. No. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I would be. You just you just twat your head on the on the beams. Nah, like, you, so. a, like a human-sized hobbit hole. Like a, a, a house. house in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you just want a circular door, don't you? Yeah, oh, a circular door so, just to so be, cool. Just to be eccentric. I just want to enter my front gate, look at my seven kids as mayor of Hobbiton, and say I'm back, and then go into my house. <laughs> is this your... Is, uh, Millie, is Millie on board with crumb? that? <laughs> oh, Mills fucking loves Lord of the Rings. We, she hadn't watched it properly for... Uh, like ever, and then a couple of months ago, I, we did the like, extended edition uh, marathon. And, I yeah, think I remember you quite... saying you did it one day. Oh, it's just I could do it every day. It's fantastic. It's it's definitely something you should do. Like if you've not done it before, to like watch them all at once. I don't, I think I think watching all of it at once is there's pros and cons to it. I think the cons to it are you've by the end of like halfway through Return of the King, which is probably the best one, you start. to like through complete tiredness just lose interest so I think you have to like break it so you really get you really focusing on the true art that is those films here's here's one for disinterest so when The Hobbit was being released uh, me and my friends from college decided we'd go and watch them as they were coming out we went each year but the final year it was on they at our local cinema they did like back to back to back um, for the new one so we went to watch the five armies, having watched the um, whatever the first one's called, and then the Desolation of Smog, and it was so shit. <laughs> yeah, the Hobbits were just disappointment. I, mean, I think like... there's a big, the big thing was that was the the practical effects that were seen in the first film, like the first series, they were so good, and then you know you you've got that budget and and you've got the the, the visionary mind behind it, and they just come up with rubbish i think it's, it's it's a problem with like a lot of films though isn't it like when they get the bigger budgets nowadays and they want to make something from a franchise that has such good practical effects they're like oh we'll do it on a computer it'll be just as good like computer generated effects are like just as good if not better and it's it's not trash like there's something like so amazing about well done practical I mean, effects that you're seeing look, like i completely agree you look at like Stanley Kubrick's 2001. I mean, that's from the 1960s, and the practical effects in that are just 
way ahead of its time and hold up today. That, that film, like, legitimately had people thinking that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landings, didn't it? Like, yeah, the qual- the quality of that was so good that they were just like, nah, bro, no one landed on the moon. It was, it, you know, it was, it, was, it was Kubrick and his and his bros. Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched a, an interview with Christopher Nolan recently, and he he's quite a big believer in doing everything practically, not just because it looks better, because it's funner. I think taking like the VFX route is very lazy and cheap, even though I imagine it takes a lot of effort. I mean, when it's a thing like, for example, uh, like the Avengers series, they did it really well, but it's kind of a series that needs it because it's such difficult things to film anyway. Whereas I, I, Lord of the Rings, or The Hobbit, like especially with Legolas, like they CGI'd him to make him look younger. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just weird. It's what I love about like old school horror films. Like if you think of, if you think of Psycho, um, they use like chocolate syrup as 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 blood. You know, in the shower scene, hmm. like they they were pouring like chocolate syrup down because it like kind of resembles the thick sort of like yeah the the thick pools of blood you get if you were stabbed to death. And obviously it's in black and white in it because it looked a lot different if it was if it was in colour. Got this like chocolate sauce dripping down this girl's body like she's being stabbed to death. But then also like um, the Evil Dead, like the very first Evil Dead had like something like a fifteen thousand dollar budget, if that. Uh, which is why Evil Dead Two was created because obviously they they basically remade it from the ground up with a bigger with a bigger budget. But they just had like gallons upon gallons of like cornstarch mixed with like red food colouring yeah and creative like, yeah and it was yeah exactly and like when you when you're limited by your budget I do think you are a bit more creative with what you like the way you do it which is why like horror debuts are usually quite quite interesting um, you know sometimes it doesn't hold up obviously but like I still prefer like the pr- practical effects in films like The Thing yeah um, even even Alien and stuff like the very first Alien film I mean, like the, yeah, the xenomorph li- popping out of the out of the chest and that. I mean, you I only was... have to look at Alien Three to realize like what happens when they start trying to replace good practical effects with. I was literally going to suggest say the comparison Jeez, between those that, two it's movies. So, it's so that upsetting film... as well because it's David Fincher. He's like one of the best working directors. He's he's always been like a visionary mind as well. Like his his uh, music videos from the eighties and the nineties, a testament for that, and even even today. Like, but it's just mad. I definitely yeah. agree, like, the smaller the budget, the better, sometimes, like, wasn't, like, Paranormal Activity started on, like, the smallest budget, like, literally, like, two grand or something stupid like that, and obviously it's handheld, so it's probably easier to do, but again, like you say, creativity uh, upholds. I mean, we, we say that- smaller budget, the better, but, like, you got to have small budget with a very talented director, or someone who is quite visionary. Tommy Wiseau, just... though, <laughs> he did well. I uh, <laughs> somehow, somehow. He's an absolute legend. That's why. <laughs> Have you watched them? Um, did you watch the film with James Franco that they made, like about the story of yeah. that? I haven't watched that yet. It's really good. It's um, especially if if you like the room. Like, I know there's there's a huge cult following for like the room. Like personally, yeah. I prefer Troll Two as my like historically shite movie that's really good to watch um but i've, I've watched the room a few times i, I do want to go to the cinema to watch the room because like it's a different experience like fans coming together in like an independent cinema to watch reddit the shittiest film 
Oh, yeah, well, basically, yeah. I've got, I've got two mates who went to um, watch The Room um, in London uh, with Tommy Wiseau, who is uh, there for some reason just really uninterested in his own film, but he turned up and they said it was like the weirdest experience they've ever had. Because <laughs> like, ev- everyone who went to watch it just got like drunk beforehand and just took the piss out of the movie while they were watching it and Tommy's there like taking it super seriously like this piece of art that he's made and everyone's just taking the piss oh bless <laughs> him that's quite sad actually I think he kind of knows though that like it's a cult following now but he's like really serious about that film I think he's kind of realised uh, like, the, like you say the piss taken out of it because I he seems a bit more open about the idea that it's just a fucking joke. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Still got better dialogue than season eight of Game of Thrones, though, hasn't it? Yeah, we, we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about that, Tom. <laughs> and I've, I've been watching. Uh, me and Mill's been watching uh, Breaking Bad again. I uh, just. I, I haven't watched it since like 2015. It's just still one of the, the best things ever made. I think. Have you guys watched it? Yeah, I watched yeah. it. I watched it when um, I think I watched it just in time for like the last two series to come out. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, so I guess maybe like the end of college, beginning of first year, perhaps when I was when I was there. I did really like it, but I don't. I don't think I'd ever revisit it. I've heard Better Call Saul's really good. I might. I might give that a go, but I'm not really the sort of person to sort of revisit TV. I'm not a huge TV person, like. I much prefer maybe it's an attention span thing, but I much prefer films, like you know, like just like sort of like self-contained narratives. Obviously, sometimes they they branch over into sequels and stuff, but for me, yeah, I'm less of a TV person, more of more of a movie buff. Mm, yeah, I think yeah, I'm a I th- documentary I th- guy. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that, Tom. Like, I I tried rewatching Breaking Bad, and like I only got like a couple seasons in and just got tired because it's just a very the way the way TV shows are paced like re-watching them is definitely more of a mental effort whereas like yeah. films you can easily re-watch like yeah, there I, must be some, some some films I've watched way too many times I think it's one of those probably attention span like I'd say like first experience with first experience with a TV series is always better, in my opinion, than your first experience with films. But then re-watching films is always better than re-watching TV shows. Bro, yeah, I completely agree with that. I've had the fattest flash of lightning come through. I could see it through the camera, mate. It was, uh, yeah, it was, you, you've probably got what we had about half an hour ago. Like We had serious thunder and lightning. It was like lashing it down in St. Helens. We had uh, really bad stuff yesterday. Like uh, there was a video of um, lightning bolts uh, hitting one of the uh, skyscrapers in this Manchester city centre. Mad house collapse as well nearby. Jesus, crazy. Um, We've just had a thunder up here because been lucky, I guess. (laughs) Not much lightning. Fucking love lightning. It's so fun. I guess we're all northwest at the moment, then, aren't we? Yeah, Lancaster, yeah. Yeah, St. Helens, Manchester. Good representation of the Northwest. No, the jewel back down, of back down in the real England. world soon. Yeah, uh, the yeah. real world. Mid- he says uh, about the Midlands. The Midlands no man's land. Proverbial <laughs> mo- no man's land. <laughs> it literally is. It's like imagine London is like. Uh, I was going to say Nazi Germany then, but it's obviously not. <laughs> a fair, a fair, you know, a fair no, representation. I was going to say like 
like one side of the battlefield <laughs> and then like the north is the other side you've got like no man's I mean, land if, which is the midlands i mean if you are gonna like compare it to world war Two layouts I'm, I'm glad we're on the uh, allies yeah where, where the north should be <laughs> the re- yeah I, I do uh i do like it up here probably will stay here when I come back, come back out of uh, being a homeless student. Well, not even a student well, I anymore. I guess yeah. you are, yeah. You're homeless, unemployed people, so what, no. what are your plans? I'm going to start applying we for are, benefits. Bro. We are the very bottom of society. <laughs> <laughs> Newly graduated students. With hit, I mean, at least you've got a chemistry degree. I've got a fucking history yeah. degree. I might as well yeah, start going work at Los Polos Hermanos. Like, <laughs> I mean, I could work there as well, mate, but just downstairs. Oh just yeah, good point. In, the Strong... in Los Polos Hermanos. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to be watching Breaking Bad? Uh, well, I believe the lab is under the 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 uh, laundry facility. I didn't actually know it was under Los Polos Hermanos. Oh shit, he's got us. We don't Fucking care enough, idiots. obviously, Tom. Fucking idiots. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. I still, my, I still knew I'm what you were saying. My, yeah, so I'm sorry my I. joke wasn't factually accurate. I knew what you were saying. I was just. You weren't I'm, right. My being, name's being Morgan and I'm the joke police. Yeah, you, you got the joke wrong, so I had to correct you on that one, you know. Don't you love it when you have to, like, deconstruct a joke to see how funny it is? Like, I think that really adds to the humour. It is. It does. It's funnier. It makes it ten times funnier, in my opinion. See, that's why I like jokes that have like loads of layers to them. Or like memes that have several layers. Like things where you do have like, a ton to Man unpack. Of culture. <laughs> <laughs> I just like shit. Like, I genuinely like trash. Just trash jokes. I mean, that, that, that's a quote of the century. I just <laughs> like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't that? I mean, like, I've just my, <laughs> my humour throughout the fucking lockdown period. It's just been awful. I mean, I don't want to say much, mate, but it's not like you. Um, uh, humour's <laughs> changed much. Yeah, before <laughs> lockdown, I was making jokes about improvised jazz, and now I'm making jokes about shit. Shit. <laughs> That's a, the thing, though. Like, it, it's not as um, it's it's not as like jovial a time as normal, is it? Like. Maybe maybe it's okay to not be as funny as usual. Having said that, I did rewatch the um, pub landlord's uh, joke about his sort of thing about the nations. It's so funny. I think Al Murray is one of like, in my opinion, the the funniest comedians. He's just so clever as well. Like he's obviously playing this character. And he's got like a he's got a history degree and he's just so knowledgeable and he can sort of fit that stereotype. You know that you sort of most people you know, history degrees are really funny. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I never really watched Al Murray. It's worth it's worth a listen to. It's it's funny. I've been listening to a lot of. Um, he's not even a comedian at all. Uh, Lex Friedman. Don't know if anyone's uh, aware of this dude. No. Nope. Um, he is. <laughs> he. I think he was on the JRE a couple of times, and he explores like AI and stuff behind it, psychological AI and stuff and he gets like doctors on his podcast it's pretty interesting stuff if anyone's interested in that go go give him a watch it's not like is he really funny no he's very dry 
Well, why did you? Why did you like segue into this? Because <laughs> we're you, talking about you comedians. Said, you said you were listening to it, so I was like, "Oh, what have I been listening to?" And then I thought of Lex Friedman. There we go. Right. Okay. But my, uh, I've put on a lot of weight during uh, during lockdown, so I've been running. So then, I've had podcasts. So that's also why I connected the dots. Just a big think, you know. Got a lot going on in my head. That's a little really brain, big weird. think. That sounded really, really <laughs> dodgy. <laughs> oh, lightning again. Oh. Is this is this becoming lightning watch with Morgan? Well, it's just so cool, isn't it? Like the fact that the Earth just makes electricity and then fires go, it go. down. Let's let's Does talk it? more about what what amazes you about the Earth, Morgan. <laughs> uh, the fact that it's flat. <laughs> The fact that it, at the North Pole there's a massive hole that where the ocean well, comes as, from. As Al Murray once said, look at mountains. The world's not even level. Surely that's the, the sort of telling point. Um, but why are we arguing about flat earthers? They are like the... There's the sort of like... Especially like in the philosophy community. You've got a lot of people who are fair game who you just, you know, you'd just attack and you'd, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd disprove their argument and you'd do it like out of spite. But flat earthers are the sort of people you just don't engage with because, you know, they're just like too, they're too easy. They're too easy. Did anyone watch? Um, just don't do it. Anyone watch the uh, SpaceX NASA launch? I actually sure didn't. Did. I heard heard a lot about it. it though. Did you see the UFOs? Oh yeah, pro. <laughs> on the camera. <laughs> Genuinely though. <laughs> when they just like water balloons or something. I like think they balloons. were like debris just flying through the the orbit. Probably, you know, like the massive ass rocks that are constantly in orbit around the earth. The earth. A big throwback, but what about um, Elon Musk's son? Oh and yeah. Why he fifty-seven? They've legally uh, his name is legally now X A E V I I or something like that. Because they weren't yeah, allowed. It's, it's X I I. They just changed twelve into Roman numerals. Yeah, they weren't allowed numbers or something like that, so they've had to change it. Oh, but don't worry, the name's still unique. Yeah. It mean, doesn't it mean, like, uh, Archangel... What is it? Archangel Ash. What a trash something. name. Sounds like a Final Fantasy oh, name. No, wasn't it Ash, Ash Archangel? He's going to get so oh, bullied in school. Mate, he's going to be a robot. <laughs> we haven't well. actually seen photographs of it. It could just be a fucking piece of AI. <laughs> what well, it is? No, Matt. We haven't actually seen photographs of this it's, child. It's just a motherboard. We shouldn't really it is. Maybe Elon's <laughs> given birth to the first symbiotic AI program, and it's what Elon Musk has given birth to. No, like he's engineered it. I mean, so yeah. theoretically, he's birthed it. So technically, I'm on board with this. If if it's an AI, then it's definitely been birthed by Elon Musk. So then the question is out of work because I haven't seen. I mean. Someone could easily prove me wrong by sending me a photograph of this baby, but I've not seen a <laughs> photograph of this baby. It's like baby pigeons, like you just don't know they exist. It's because they don't. They don't, Morgan. They don't. They're just born alive at the age that they would be when you see no, them. They're, in the they're town made, centers. Tom. They're made in the factories and they're sent out to spy on us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. God. About that. Have we done our podcast on conspiracies yet? Uh, you promised no. it a few times, but you never got around. We need to, to it. do this one. We need to do one 
we're going to do one on that. We're going to do one on the current social situation of many countries around the world, mainly in the uh, the US and kind of the UK. Um, and then we've got a couple guest ones that we're going to do. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a certain uh, former media uh, representative who who's interested in doing conspiracy podcasts at some point. But I'll leave that up to the imagination. Oh, okay. I didn't know this was news <laughs> to me. And then, yeah, um, Tom, you're going to still do your one-on-ones, aren't you, as well? Which would yeah, be really, um, really fucking good. Did you enjoy it? I really did. I did. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I thought it, a, a nice little bite-sized sort of sit-down chat. If anyone, if anyone has any ideas as to who 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 would be interesting to to you know interview, like just let me let me know, and I'll I'll see try and see if I can make it happen. Got a couple people in mind um, from the from the club already. I think a lot of people who are part of the club now have quite interesting backstories where they started in that. Um, yeah, I think if if they're interested, they should just drop us a message. Yeah. Like if, if there's someone who thinks they've got something worth talking about as well, just let us know. They're definitely. If, uh, if Triple H or uh, Shawn Michaels want to come on the pod, you know, anytime. Fox. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Triple you H. Know, they're the... just, they've been sat there for a month going, oh. I'm missing my fix. They're glad that they've got Tom K doing his one on ones, but they just need more content. Mm. I mean, as a metal man myself, and seeing as Triple H is the CEO of Metal Music, <laughs> um, I would love to have him on. That's the thing. I feel like WWE wrestlers in the UK should should put the names down because like they're not working at the moment, are they? They you know they've got plenty. They of definitely time. don't know that this <laughs> exists. <laughs> so, so by by your logic, Tom, they're not working, so they have to do this university. Well, ex university student podcast. It's not a university podcast anymore, bro. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, yeah, that's it's, why I've corrected all myself, mate. It's a separate thing now. <laughs> But even so, it's, it's, working, it's a violent so coup. They're not working, so they're obligated to come on this podcast. Yeah, get off your asses and actually do something for the community. You've got a guilt trip. Speaking of the community, what about Daniel Rashford? What a hero he is! <laughs> absolute hero. Now, I mean, everyone knows my tone is joking. Like Marcus Rashford, genuinely is a hero. Um, but what what a fucking colossal dude! Why would I want to feed someone's child if 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 you can't afford to feed a child, just don't have one? Well, there we are. There's two tits, Kate Hopkins <laughs> and Matt Hancock on Matt Handjob or yeah, Matt Handwank. Uh, that was, that was Katie Hopkins' response. And Handcock. I mean, I was looking at the reply. It was on Twitter. And I was looking at the replies to that tweet, and like people genuinely like agreeing with her. And I was like, Who the fuck? Who are these people? See, that's the thing, right? I think people have just really shown their true selves with this lockdown. Who who are these nutters? Same with Black Lives Matter, though. People really, like... It's quite sad that they sort of fall into the trap of saying, like, all lives matter. Because, I mean, yes, but it's trivially true. Like, that's not the point of the whole movement. Yeah. I mean, I I had a great analogy the other day, and it was like, you wouldn't walk into a, a cancer treatment facility and be like, hold up. What about the diabetes? What about the leukemia? What about the every other disease? Don't they matter? Like yeah, it's just yeah. fucking asinine, isn't it? There's, but, there's been a f- there's been a few people I've seen that have been um, 
sort of posting that sort of stuff, and I feel I feel bad because they're they're um they're obviously being misled, thinking that it means something positive. Because I mean, outwardly it does sound positive, saying you know everyone's life matters. They think they're kind of agreeing with the Black Lives Matter thing, and because of just all these dickheads that are posting about all lives matter, it's just I feel sorry for these people that aren't quite educated on it that yeah opposing it I th- yeah I, I agree I, I do think there is an aspect where it is actually coming from a good genuine place like like the idea of everyone should be together as one so therefore everyone's life is equal I think that is some some uh, some like perspective some people have got but then like you say you've got the the opposite side to that where people are just saying it because they're arseholes yeah I don't even think it is an equality thing though like if it was if it was like it's it's sort of too far gone in terms of for equality i think the way i see it is that like you have to bring the sort of minorities which are being oppressed and you need to bring them up to a level playing field rather than like equaling everyone out so obviously if you're talking about like it's that it's that really good post there was um, a picture of like a fence and it was saying well if if you have a model of equality then everyone has access to the same level of like provision so it was like there was a small dude a medium-sized dude and a tall dude looking over a fence and obviously a small person a medium person couldn't see but a tall person could just about see but then if you gave um if you gave like a, a if you gave them all an equal sized box to stand on you still got you know the same problem with the medium person being able to see the tall person being able to see but the small person still not being able to see but if you give a larger box to the smaller person uh, you know, slightly smaller box, but still a box to the medium person and the tall person on the left who doesn't need a box because they can see anyway. Then you have you have everyone sort of having the same access to, well, not the same access. That's the wrong thing, but you know, what I'm you know what I'm saying. I've gone about that the complete wrong way, but <laughs> no, no, I, really no, I know what you're saying. No, you that mean. does make sense. But what if you give everyone an equally massive box? Well, exactly. That that wouldn't help, would it? No, nah, it's just if you give everyone a huge box, then you've got the it, same problem. You're not having the benefit of the box, are you, for the nah. tall person or the medium person? It's it's more about the it's it's equaling people up at you know where where they need, where they need to be sort of lifted up in certain places mm, due I to the due to the structural and and societal problems that we have. It's definitely uh, we obviously touched upon it a bit earlier about police and. For me, I think policing has become a massive uh, area of clear issues, both uh, mainly in the US, but we've seen it in the UK as well. Just absolute brutality. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I know, I know, we were saying we aren't going to go deep, but I think we can't really ignore it. Yeah. What um, did you guys see? Rose Namahunas's. Um uh, Instagram post the other day. I think it might have been yesterday or maybe even today. No, it was that. the it was a Blue Lives Matter flag, um, but where the blue the blue line is on 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 the American flag, it was a blue belt, and she was saying like her argument was basically like, um, like cops, it should be mandatory for cops to have a blue belt in jujitsu, basically advocating that like jujitsu teaches you self control, teaches you yeah. to control situations, I mean, but I feel like it was kind of yeah. It was is, massively, is, again, in, in my opinion, it was it was kind of grotesque for her to even like adapt the. I, I don't know if it was her who actually did it or if she was just sharing it, but the to adapt the Blue Lives Matter flag, which is sort of in especially in NASCAR, has sort of like been used in 
um, in exchange for the Confederate flag, which has obviously been banned. So like, mm. it, it, it's it's not it's it's not a good look. It's a, it's the right idea. Like, I think what the, what Morgan was saying before in terms of like coming at it maybe from from a position where they think that they're trying to help, but really yeah. not doing much in the way of, of of sort of helping in the way that needs to be done at the moment. As as well, like this whole idea that teaching someone jujitsu is gonna make them disciplined. Like you can't take an inherently violent person teach them jujitsu and all of a sudden they're going to be calm. Like, That's true, yeah. You're, you're, you're actually you're effectively giving them the tools to, to you, Yeah, to you're giving them it. more weapons to use. Like, a lot of us see jujitsu as being this, like, gentle art to, like, step on the cliche a little bit, but, um, you know, like, I think that's because, like, the people we surround ourselves with in the sport are kind of, like, pretty chill people. Like, we tend to cut out the people that are violent and not associate with them, but they exist. So, like, saying yeah. that the way to solve a form of brutality, like any form of brutality, is to teach them this martial art, which is designed to basically kill people. You know, that's what the majority of martial arts are designed for, is to kill people. And that's not going to help, you know? Like, yeah. we get where you're coming from, like... They should have training, they should understand the effects of the things they're doing when they're applying chokeholds, when they're restraining someone, they should understand the effects that each of these things do, but training them in jiu-jitsu is training them to effectively apply those things, not necessarily yeah. educating them about the effects of them. The thing is as well, like this whole movement, even though it's been around for years, was sparked by... Uh, obviously the death of George Floyd which was uh, which occurred through a choke blood choke it, you know, applied yeah. by the knee so there was already knowledge in that police officer's yeah, mind grotesque, man. of uh, what to do where to apply pressure and how that's going to affect the person so if you implement jujitsu where that knowledge is even deepened you know, like furthered I should say um, yeah, there's pros and cons I, I guess to, uh, to it you know You'd, I imagine they would teach it as a, as a way of defence or um, controlling someone who is being aggressive but like we've seen with all means of police action at the moment they're just taking them to extremes where they're just using it for the sake of using it yeah I mean I remember um, right when the George Floyd thing happened um, Josh Barnett was tweeting about it um, you know saying this, this essentially the difference between uh, the the sort of like knee choke he would do with you know the same exact thing he would do using his knee for pressure, um, but in in like a martial arts environment you can tap out and like if you tap out you know your opponent is supposed to you know let go of the of the choke and you know move aside and you've got a referee that can sort of throw you off, mm. but like with the George George Floyd's in, in, in situation and a lot of other of these um, cases were you know. Um, the person who's being uh, restrained is saying i can't breathe and that and the cops are just saying well it's not doesn't work here or you know that's not going to change anything or whatever yeah. like there's no there's no way of, of tapping out if you're if you're in that situation there's no way of, of, of not... you know getting yourself out in a safe way if you start trying to escape or using a jiu-jitsu escape in that situation that's a very quick way to getting yourself shot or tased yeah. or or you know beaten Based. within an inch of I your think, life in it like as as well it's interesting that like you, you compared it to like sort of jiu-jitsu with a referee because i think that's that's kind of like in a very 
crude way what people are trying to get you know this referee this accountability yeah it is what's yeah. it is missing at the moment like yeah one of one of his of one of his um one of his like cop buddies should have stopped him they should have pulled we've him seen off. that we've seen that numerous times like there was that man who um was pushed over i think it was actually released today that he can't walk due to his yeah. injury um it's disgusting the man. police who the, the police officers who are involved uh, said a completely different story to what was filmed and captured and it was only through the fact that it was filmed and captured that it was able to be shown that they were telling uh, incorrect fabrication of a story so like, I completely agree there needs to be that that accountability and that, like you say there, is, there has to be like some form of body or refereeing bunny ears that oversees this stuff I don't get like how people with obvious violence issues managed to get themselves into law enforcement because it's just i think it's just allowed and it's it's not the power yeah there's no like there's no like screening for like who's going in there and if like, there is it's obviously not very good screening derek chauvin the guy who has now been charged with second-degree murder for george floyd i think he was accounted for 18 previous incidences yeah. where he was either caught with he was actually his colleagues were complaining about him a like a couple times before the George Floyd incident, and nothing was done. So even if you had, even where there is instances where accountability can take place, it's not happening. So I think we're even past the point where accountability isn't even an option. Because if you employ in instances where that could have happened, it hasn't happened anyway. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just there is a lack of accountability in the American police force. It seems it's just mad though. Like the whole the whole like mantra of protect and serve is just a horrible, awful farce at this point. Like the the, the I mean the way that the way that they've responded. To, I mean even even in, in like in the UK, like the the way that the media has responded, the way that the police have responded to the to the Black Lives Matter protests, comparative to the sort of like England sort of like you know football hooligans you know the, the scum of the earth essentially um, you know who are actually fighting with the police and stuff and like yeah it's it's just it's it seems like it's just so simple like how 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 is it not how 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 is it not such an outrage well it is an outrage but how uh, why is it still a conversation like why is it like controversial to say that like racism is rife and there's a big structural problem and we need to address all these instances now and it's clear that the majority are obviously in favor of this like sort of white superiority and stuff like that with with little things like you know um antifa in, in america is considered a terrorist organization but the ku klux klan isn't comparative mm. to like the murders that they have they've committed over the years and the acts of terror like surely burning crosses on someone's front front lawn is considered an act of terrorism like i don't get it uh i'm just gonna pause the uh podcast here just a second because tom you've disconnected i'll continue i'll just edit that little thing in wait um, who, tom moore or tom k tom moore went tom k tom I moore know. i can't hear you on uh you're muted there we go. There we go. Okay, I'll just edit from here. So, three, two, one. 
yeah, um, I think as as well the um, the problem that you've got with England, especially that we've seen, is it's not even a case of uh, removing racism anymore. Which I think, like you said, why is that a conversation? But it's now turned into how that happens because now we've had the removal of statues um, and how people have responded to that. You know, do you move? Do you remove statues? Or do you educate people? You know, do you put them in a museum and then have that as an avenue for educating people on the issues of slavery, or do you just rid it from the British uh, history entirely? You can't. You can't delete history. You have to like. I don't. I don't think the statues should stand, but I. I feel like this is something that does need to be educated on. Like, there is a huge sort of like, especially with the Churchill thing. Yeah, he like people consider him to be the greatest Briton who ever lived, which you know, take that with a pinch of salt. But yeah, yeah, I, I like was, I, was, I was talking to um, Chris about this. I was like, you can make the argument that he's one of the greatest prime ministers and leaders that we've ever had, but that just in itself, that doesn't mean he was a good person. 100%. Just because he was a very good leader, in no way makes him a good person. That that applies to anyone, any leader just because of their leadership abilities doesn't affect their qualities as a human yeah i mean we sort of put him on a pedestal don't we like he's like this untouchable figure in our history and like people really do believe that he he won the war for britain and stuff which i mean uncle joe won the war for britain so let's calm down have a a minute Uh, yeah i've seen a lot of uneducated people talk about World War Two and be like, this man single-handedly won the war. <laughs> when it's like, oh no, I mean, people in Russia literally took the capital of Germany. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's even mad. though it's we like... did fight in World, even though obviously a lot of people died who were fighting for England, we obviously pay respects to them a- accordingly. It wasn't yeah. Churchill who won the war. No, it's like you know, you know, um, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. You know, you know the film, the propaganda film they make about the sniper. Oh, um, it's almost Frederick Zoller. Zola, it's almost like um, like Churchill is this Zola figure who's like stormed Berlin with like a, I don't know, a, a, a vicar's machine gun and he's like been pinned down and then he's, he's, he's himself shot Hitler and, and you know, and, and then he's, he's like fixed the world and he's, you know, he stopped, he stopped Stalin from expanding into West Germany. It's like non, it's complete nonsense. It's like, and, and oh yeah, it's sad. The, it's sad that people don't know these sort of things. He won the war. Like, yeah, he won the war. Wait, wait what? Bengal famine? Wait, he was responsible <laughs> for the death of millions of people through his own choice. Nah, nah, sure, nah. Don't worry nah, nah, The Gallipoli, don't the Gallipoli disaster that like led to what, thousands Kenyan concentration and thousands of deaths. camps. Nah, I didn't happen, mate. No, it's, <laughs> it's just this very April. ingrained patriotism, isn't it? That we want to see the best out of our historical figures if 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 one person does something really good it does not like account for the it doesn't yeah like sort of like make be- better all the bad things that they've ever done like that's a standard it's not doesn't take like big brain think to to sort of like understand that i think but it is it's an educational thing i feel like like it is it's taught in every like you'll you'll learn about world war Two in every in every school um as part of the curriculum um but it's 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 learning sort of like question things that you see. It's like adding a bit of philosophy to it, like you know, as having well having that line of inquiry and just going in going into things like more deeply and looking closer. It's 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 as well as it's, it's we still learn history from a very 
one-sided perspective. We tend to only learn history from, at least in a secondary school level, from like one nation's perspective, which, you know, is, is, is all well and good, but it does lead to this like damaging idea that this nation was right because they beat these and blah, 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 blah. I think it is, again, something that a lot of people are climbing for is like looking at more education of both the pros and cons from a certain perspective. Yeah. Um, I think my philosophy on it is a bit... I think my philosophy is that you should the country you come from, if, if that's where you identify you come from, you should be proud of that. But I think you should also be aware that there are issues and that your country's never going to be squeaky clean. There's always going to be blips or massive instances where it does tragic things. And I think you should be educated on that. On top of that, um, history itself is extremely complex and you can never understand fully the the, the, like the, the, the beliefs and individual uh, perspectives of every single uh, side but you should be given the opportunity to explore that if you wish so I, just, I think in English schools especially there should be certain areas of the curriculum where we are taught areas where we acted poorly and areas where we acted brilliantly because that is the the reality of history it's all a cultural problem is what what it is like it's it's a matter of of culture like the 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 majority culture yeah so with 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 the police like yeah the bad eggs yeah there's some good eggs but it i I feel like the the best the best way to describe like what's going on with with like police brutality and stuff is to is to consider it like cancer like if you're if you're a, a body so consider the police being the body and you have you know, cancerous growths, which would be the the bad eggs in the police, and or the people who cover for them. You would never say that you know you you'd solve the problem if you still had the bits, you know, the cancerous lumps and growths still growing. Would you? You'd not be given the all clear unless you unless you had a, a very violent and and decisive removal through chemotherapy. Like with 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 um sort of like racism. Like race racism is part of the culture of the majority culture. Like whether it's like inherent or like intrinsic or extrinsic or whether you whether you even know that you're being racist like people people do it on a daily basis and i feel like although these protests are, are going to be very very good in the short term there's a lot of work to be done over over like the years now to sort of bring everyone up to speed and to to uh, level out the culture and sort of it, it's one of those things that you, you're only going to learn in the next like 10 or 15 years like our gen like our kids generations who are going to be bringing it forward and and that, that's the sad thing is, is that you know like a lot of people will be wanting these like quick fixes but i don't think that's like well it's not likely to happen with the with the majority culture unfortunately yeah um i i, I personally can't see what's happening right now ironing out quickly i think it's going to be a long process is anyone? What's everyone else thinking about this? Because like, the police system is fucked, in, in, especially in the states. And that's, that's what that's I mean with the culture thing. Overnight. Like that's exactly that's something that that's going to be years and years and years of education and re-education. So, and so, it's arguable whether you can do it with like the with the with the culture, considering that like the Second Amendment and the the right to bear arms is such a prevalent thing in their in their whole like 
makeup of a, as a nation like the national uh, rifle association claims to be you know the, the america's greatest and biggest civil rights movement which is kind of gr- grotesque in this whole movement of civil rights and civil liberties with um with the black lives matter community being at the forefront of like the sort of like consciousness at the moment and and it's what it's things like that you'll always have people who'll you know defend and, and then the white the white lives matter and the cop lives matter blue lives matter I should say you know they'll come they'll come out and take away from what um what's what's trying to be done to move forward mm. it is difficult because uh... I mean, like, it's it's a shame as well, because you have people, especially in the police force, who, you know, are fantastic human beings. I mean, Tom, your dad was part of it. Um, and these people, you know, who do actually put their own lives on the line and, you know, put their careers on the line, go, like, I don't know, do it, go into crime scenes. Well, I don't know what it entails, but, you know, these, these people do actually do really good things. And then you have others who completely tarnish that reputation. Yeah, yeah so it's like, a trust thing as well. It's a massive trust thing. With, you lose with all... Like, you, it, it. With, with, like, my dad, like, he, um... He originally went to Canada for a few months and he was going to join the police there. But he couldn't bring himself to do it purely because of the gun culture. He didn't believe it to be policing if they had firearms. He just couldn't like agree with that in himself so that's why he ended up becoming um, an officer here because it just he couldn't bring himself to think that I'm going to be trained to be a police officer that could potentially shoot someone because to him that's not what policing is about it's about you know protecting people and bringing down injustice not learning how to use a firearm yeah It's, cra- it's crazy how like you could be caught, you could be pulled over in the states, and especially if you are someone who is you know of color, you could end up being shot for something that's just completely minor. Mate, if if you go for a jog, yeah. If you have if you have potentially a fake check or a fake, you know, some a dollar bill that is is not real, like yeah. the, the whole thing with with George, like you know. It, it, it's, it's mental. It's the completely thing is, mental. Like, all of us, are, you know, we are white, and I don't think we'll ever experience or even begin to f- understand how that feels. I watched a, um, I watched a, a, a guy on YouTube talking about his experiences of being a black guy, and he just starts speaking about how, when he goes on holiday, he has to research where he's going because if he if it, if he finds out that it's a a racist area he just simply can't go there because he fears that he will end up being beaten up or racially abused and I think that as an experience is something that I could I personally can't uh, understand because I've never had that it, it happened to me I remember I remember the World Cup um, in 2018 um, there was a lot of the like the black British players basically said for the family not to come to travel to Russia to yeah. watch them play for fears of, of the racial abuse that they get because like so many like like there's so many games and instances in like Russia and uh, Italy as well but like you know it's not just it's not just there but 
um it's like a wider thing but like people making monkey noises and yeah. throwing bananas on the on the pitch and things like that like s- it, it's hideous man it's absolutely disgusting i saw someone like someone actually had a quite a good analogy for it they said imagine imagine going into a haunted house that you you know full well is haunted and then you go in with this like uneasy feeling and you're kind of expecting something to happen and like you're very hyper aware of everything and that's almost what it feels like but on everyday yeah. basis going outside your front door you you would be on edge you'd have to be yeah it's crazy it, there's, there's too many instances of, of it happening on a regular basis for you not to be you know watching over your shoulder at all times but it's a, it's a standpoint epistemology thing it's like a, a theory in philosophy where um, like people of minority backgrounds are, are the best people to explain like the injustices to the majority culture and then like it's for the majority culture to sort of like use their like majority influence to sort of like help the people who who need it sort of thing so the fact that like we've got these brave voices right now like john boyega is a huge one like his speech you know at the at the protest was was like really riveting uh Marcus Rashford doing this thing, doing doing the job for the MPs essentially, what they should be doing, um, and um, yeah, like what, what you know, doing what they should like, basically doing the jobs for them, um, and you know, it, it's 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 too easy for for people to just not help. I feel like they have they have that responsibility to do it. Um, they, they, you know, they have the impetus. You have these people who are coming forward and and giving you that sort of like drive to to go out there and help and make things better. But it's too easy for people to just say, "No, I'll just sit back and not do it," or I'll just say, "All white, you know, all lives matter." Or you'll get people who start white lives matter trend, trending on uh, Twitter who then get taken down by K K pop stands, which I'm all mm-hmm. here for. Like <laughs> that's one of my favorite things from like last week was. Um, yeah, like just the amount of people who put like K-pop memes on just to just to like drown out the racists. Like, yeah. I'm here. I mean, as as well, like if you don't want to go out and protest, if you don't want to um, donate, if you don't want to do anything, just listen. Just listen to the people that are talking and hear what they say, and just educate yourself a bit because you've got no reason not to hear someone's point of view. Like. Yeah, we we choose not to listen. Is what? Yeah, we 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 are given we're given the tools. We're just we're choosing to just ignore it completely. If if we if we don't act now, it's it's definitely a um, it's definitely a decision that people are making. Yeah, can't agree with you more, mate. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think it's going to continue to? How long do you think uh, a movement like this can go at this sort of intensity for? Hopefully. I feel like with the with the lockdown, with the lockdown and people who would otherwise be like maybe at work or whatever, I feel like a lot more people are more in, inclined to actually go and protest or like you know not have to take a day off and things like that. Like if you're thinking very cynically about it, um, I, I think I think that it, it's it's come at a horrible time because of COVID, but the best time possible because everyone's in in like a really we're in a revolutionary con uh, consciousness at the moment like people yeah. are sick of the government people are sick of the police people are sick of covid you know everyone's everyone's wanting to make a change and to and, and people are angry 
and this is a perfect thing to be angry about because you know what like what better reason have you got to be angry than like people being systematically killed um is is where people now have and and everyone has a platform as well like you have your sort of social media and there's so many like resources that people have you know to, to educate themselves like this is this is the perfect time for a movement like this and i think it will continue and it'll have to continue until you know as i say the the majority culture adopts this way of thinking and changes the way that they've they've been viewing things um yeah i, I want to talk about a bit more on what you just said about social media because when the the movement kind of got gained garnered like a really heightened uh audience we had this like black tile black blackout tuesday i think it was called um what are your thoughts on that like do you do you guys think that it was useful because there was a lot of debate that was sparking around that it was uh more of a damaging thing because people were you know posting hashtags that were then silencing out other posts from what i saw the majority of people who were on my feed at least from my experience like they were like not doing that they were making sure that it wasn't clogging up the hashtag i think it's a whole it's a whole solidarity thing it's it's sort of a thing where like yeah it's 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 like clapping for the nhs or it's like you know doing your doing your uh 5k and then donating five pounds um and then nominating five mates for with virgin money and things like that like yeah it's probably not actually helping but it's more of a solidarity thing it's an idea that people are actually you know they are responding to this they are seeing what's happening and they're listening and they're you know they're they're saying yeah I'm, I'm 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 seeing this and i'm personally not you know not cool with it so i think it's definitely a solidarity thing and i think if if for every you know there's over 12 million different people did it i think there was even more than that but i remember seeing 12 million but like if if even like you know some of them donate if if like a proportion of them donate if a portion of them you know go and read a book or like watch a documentary or listen to a podcast now actually i did listen to a really good podcast recently called uh, the social saint podcast which like had a really great episode called collision with the opposition which was basically um these three um yeah like black people from london talking about um their experiences with police in the uk and the sort of like structural racism that they encountered you know like on our on our doorstep essentially like and and it's sort of a, a, a way for white people who probably wouldn't otherwise you know think twice about it or well it's not happened to me so you know it's probably not happening over here it's 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 like these sort of um this this sort of way of like educating ourselves and understanding and noticing this you know massively wrong thing that's happening and then maybe being a bit you know showing a bit of compassion and trying your best to you know make things better i think yeah it's, it's a solidarity and a and, a, and a, a compassion thing it's it's people standing together noticing that something's massively wrong and you know they're not they're not happy with they're not happy with what's happening and they want they want things to change the thing i had a, a small grit with it because even, i think when i last checked i think 25 million uh black boxes were posted or they were used the black i think 25 well, I, was, times, I was well out then <laughs> 25 million times the hashtag black tuesday thing was used and i imagine you know even if you call 90 percent of those are black tiles that's like nearly 20 million 21 million um but then if you look to like how many people have signed petitions especially with george floyd only 12 million people had signed it so you have 
t- twice as many people showing that you know posting in relation to you know what sparked the whole movement but then you don't have the 24 million people actually signing the petition but you you can't expect it to be a one for one like no, it's no, no. one of those things where like as as i was saying with like if even if like a proportional amount of them went and donated money like if 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 one twelfth of them what i was saying with 12 people if one twelfth of them did that's one million dollars like being donated yeah like, I that's, that, agree. that's always going to be a good thing whether it's whether it's the maximum good or if it's only like you know a slight amount of good it's still a good action like it's still something you can do that is it is it's like providing a level of good like whether you yeah yeah we have to now as you say like encourage people to make that further step and actually do something rather than you know sitting down and doing that like whether you donate to charity whether you raise you know next time that someone's doing like a, a, a sponsored run or something you say look well it, it, I'm, I'm raising money but also we should consider what's going on in in a in, in america we should consider what's going on in our own country we should consider what's been going on for hundreds of years um, and, and, you know, try and make it more of a positive thing. But as you say, you're not going to convince, you're not going to convince racists to not be racist overnight. You're not going to convince people who don't know that they're being racist to, you know, that they are doing overnight. You know, this is something that's going to take a long time. And, you know, it, it's it's very, very easy to, you know, put a, a post of a black square on Instagram, but like going that step further and donating or like, you know, starting a campaign or going to a protest, it is a little, you know, it, is, it does involve a little bit more effort, which maybe people need to be explained, like shown how to do or whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm not, I'm basically trying to play devil's advocate here. Cause I, I feel like I agree. Yeah. It's not actually helping like physically, but, it's it's more of a yeah it's it's exactly it's exactly that it's more of a solidarity good and a and a and a coming together sort of thing and it, even if it even if it like helps a little bit then it's it's served its purpose if 12 million people have signed that thing uh, after 25 million people have done this square then that's you know that that is a positive that has had a positive effect mm. yes we could do more i guess it's i guess that's the kind of argument is the glass half full or half empty because from my point of view if 24 million people are signing it then it should uh, it, from my opinion if 24 million people are going out of their uh, out of their way to post that then there should be a closer number to the amount of people who are signing for, uh, petitions it's 50 percent though it is 50 percent what the point i was going to get to is that um that you know there is aspects where people do it because it's i guess in bunny is trendy It's a little um, cynical view, I would say. But it's, it's been, it's been demonstrated. Like people have, there, there's been there's been quite a few uh, for photos and videos everywhere on Twitter of people of like individuals taking photos of themselves at a Black Lives Matter protest and then walking off, just like not even taking yeah, part in it. Yeah, it being like a, um, a like social thing. Yeah. I guess I guess you could also argue the whole um, Kendall Jenner solving racism thing with Pepsi. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember that? I mean, I, th- I think that's that's kind of what held me back from, like, posting on um, Black Blackout Tuesday, because I felt like with with the way I view social media, it would be too much about me. Like, I kind of wanted to take that time to step away and sort of educate myself a bit more about everything that's going on. Like, I've been talking to friends who 
know a lot about this sort of stuff and just rather than me just share something on Instagram and act like I've done my part I just wanted to like take a few days away from social media a bit and just kind of like sit with myself so I feel like I get where Morgan's coming from by saying that a lot of people are just they're doing this to like step on a trend and think that it clears their conscience it's 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 it's, it's not 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 a majority of people i think it's a very small minority of people that are doing that but nevertheless like it's still a thing and you know just posting on social media doesn't solve anything like i think if you sorry sorry tom sorry tom carry on if if you just want to like if like you want to see change but you don't know how to bring it about just talk to someone who's educated like just sitting here now like listening to tom talk like is really really good for me like i find it so helpful listening to someone like tom talk about these issues because he puts it in such a clear way and breaks it down that you know like everything becomes clear about what it's about yeah i I, i'm not i'm no expert on systemic racism like i know it exists obviously i know it's bad (laughs) but like that that's kind of like what I've been taking the time to do is just listen from people that have spent this time educating themselves and find out what they say about stuff i think I think it's always the case that education is king like you 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 gain you gain more respect and and more um compassion from from reading and understanding and 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 trying to maybe like not even sitting in the shoes of someone but just to consider like how life could be different yeah yeah well I, I was going to kind of go into a segue into a kind of like the corporate side of this movement because every major corporation at the moment has kind of publicly declared their um, support towards the Black Lives, La- uh, Black Lives Matter movement do you believe that that is coming from a place of sincerity or do you think it's more to do with keeping consumers happy and keeping I think, I suppose, money I think money I suppose it, they, they, they just need like it's very cynical to think that people don't believe in it but as a corporation there's no reason for you not to be posting something mm. I, I, I think it's something that a lot of us have been quite upset with the jiu-jitsu community about because there's been nothing like there's a few athletes that have really like put out there either the ones that are very aware of this that have really taken a stand or people like Fion that have said that you know they don't know a lot about this but they want to learn Mm. but when it comes to the brands like obviously not going to start naming names or pointing fingers but there's just been very little from the brands in this community which is has been tough to like kind of sit with and think that you know like they didn't even have like the cynical thing of wanting to keep their consumers happy by posting something even if they didn't believe in it like they've got no reason I think it's yeah that's been quite upsetting with the jiu-jitsu community I mean as well, like as aside from that, like look at Starbucks. I was looking like, at one day, Starbucks, yeah. yeah. One day they say that you know they support Black Lives Matter. The next day they say, oh, it wasn't exactly the 
and that's you know, days down the line they say all their employees can wear anything like it's a black lives matter or they can't wear a badge or they can't you know do this that or the other and i feel like that's massively hypocritical of them to be like yeah we're on board with black lives matter but no none of our staff can wear like you know they they can they can't honor the you know the sort of like horrible shit going on at the moment and like stand in solidarity with each other like not saying that by wearing a badge that makes you you know morally superior or anything like that that's not the point it's more the sort of like it's the, it's it's a double standard of it okay. it's like having a corporate image and then having a having a separate image completely do you think i saw someone talk about this and this is again playing devil's advocate do you think it's more of a trying to remove the potential issue of politics in a coffee shop so like imagine if you had a customer come in who was very race or you know racist or didn't believe in the movement whatsoever they see the staff that's where uh, the staff members wearing it's, it they start making a massive scene it's simple though the knobheads and don't deserve coffee if that's the case <laughs> like it's, it's it's not hard like it, it, it isn't like it this is what i'm saying with it being it i i do i, I sort of feel sorry for people in a, in, a, in a way like some people who like are, are like unwittingly racist like you, you'll get people who like um they'll have like like my nan for example i don't think she's ever said anything intentionally racist like where she she's like thought what she said is racist but she's you know she has said it and i've tried to explain it to her and say look nan that's not really like you know not really on but like I, I do feel sorry for people that fall in the trap because I feel a lot of people won't necessarily think that they're doing. So obviously if someone has a Black Lives Matter badge in Starbucks and a customer comes in and says you know, like, white lives matter too and like, all lives matter. Like, yeah, fine, whatever, but like you know, you're the one who's brought it up sort of thing. I know I'm wearing the badge but like, you know, you've, you've started the argument. Like, I don't know, I, I feel like the amount of shit that like retail people get anyway and like people in like service industry get anyway like if anything the, the company should be supporting them and, and like on board with them and not like being such like money hungry horrible capitalist pigs but that's just me <laughs> and it's gonna come back but it is it, it, you're, pro- you're probably you're probably right it is it's like a it's like a it's probably customers always right but that's not true because the customers are massive racist the customers are knobhead do you know what i mean like like I, I like I don't understand why like refusing service isn't more of a you know like isn't isn't I know people will obviously like potentially lose a job and stuff like that but you see a lot of people like you know stand up to racism on the streets like there was that woman in in California who was like racially abusing people and then people were just like stood there like taking it and then they put it on Twitter and that you see a lot of people like like calling people out in in the streets but like. You know, you don't see as much on the internet, like you know, someone at McDonald's or or um, or like being being like abused or something and then refusing service. Like it almost always, always feel, seems like like they'll definitely always side with the customer rather than the actual employee, which so, is for someone who's mental. worked in retail. Um, there is definitely like a, an attitude where you always kind of have to uh, you have to always put the customer first like from day one you're taught you know if the customer's making a scene you have to de-escalate it you have to kind of succumb to what they are demanding in order for them to calm down and it's not even through the fact that they're right and you're wrong it's more of just getting them like keeping it civil so you, you kind of have to 
be their bitch in order for them to be happy and then that that way they they stop being a, a dickhead so it's a really weird but way of doing business the, like the thing is though like this isn't this isn't a controversial thing in my opinion it isn't a like it isn't really much room for interpretation if you're racist you're a knobhead if you you know if you're supporting black lives matter you're supporting a legitimate moral like position and literally trying to help people out like trying to help the common man so there is a right and wrong here like it's not a it's not as simple as like you know dif- dif- different differences in terms of like political ideology or differences in, in religion creed and things like that this is genuinely there's a genuine right and a genuine wrong hmm. and and like the by by sort of like stopping that you're you're allowing the wrong to sort of prevail like if you're if you're like saying you know even if you did like say say you're not wearing a badge and then a white dude comes in and starts racially abusing say the 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 african-american coffee shop you know barista or the the you know the mexican waitress or something like that like you know like you shouldn't stand for it at all you should just like throw them out like i don't i don't get it it's like you'll protect you'll protect the customer because the customer's always right like stop the customer is not king is what i'm saying fuck the customer <laughs> yeah i guess it from the corporate side the customer is the king because they're the ultimate ones who keep the business running awful man it, it's it's fucked it is fucked up the way things are i i, I say though like if if i saw right if i saw like subway or something like that someone was racially abusing someone in subway and then the subway manager comes and throws the racist dude out i'd definitely go and get subway the next morning i'd be like <laughs> yeah stick it to the man subway do you know what i mean like i'd be, I'd be on board with that like you know it, 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 it would it, I, I think i think we're in a point of time now especially with the younger generation where if they saw something like that they'd be they'd be well happy with it they'd be uh, like oh I'll, yeah like i'll go i'll go and i'll go and get me subway from there or costa if costa now say you can wear any like any sort of like political symbol you want well not any because obviously if people turn up with swastikas then you know fuck them but yeah like if they, if they turn around and said like more of a liberal stance and said look if you want to wear something for black lives matter whether it's a wristband or i don't know a, a little pin badge or something like that like we won't stand in the way because we're, we're on board with that too like um you know minority groups are as much a part of our community as everyone else are so we're on board with that. Like that's a per- like even if that is a um, you know a marketing s- uh, standpoint of just getting one up on Subway, uh, Starbucks, I'd still definitely prefer to go to Costa over Starbucks because they've done that thing. They've they've like helped in a in a little way. <laughs> mm. yeah. Even if like like you're saying, even if it is marketing, it's still like a big brand that's promoting this message. The thing is, yeah, like, can you imagine, like, this is just an example, like, say, Tatami tomorrow, probably the biggest supplier of jiu-jitsu, gi and no-gi uh, stuff on the planet. I can't really think of any other brand that kind of succumbs to their... Bro, Adidas have got a line at the moment with uh, with Gracie Barr. Okay, they? fine. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm joking, cheap, it's not, as, it's not cheap, as big, it's nowhere near as big. Accessible cheap goods. Can you imagine tomorrow if Tatami go, right... We're actually going to release a exclusive Black Lives Matter rash guard, and we're going to donate all proceeds to charity, um, or like even a portion of the proceeds to charity. 
Do you think people would come back to the tatami and buy other things? Probably most definitely. Yeah. I'd like to think the majority of people would. I I would say they would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like Violet as well. Like I'll shout out to Violet because she's running this campaign at the moment with these Black Lives Matter rash guards, isn't she? Yeah. I think she's got yeah. a, a link somewhere. Um, we'll we'll dig it up by the end of the podcast, and yeah, we'll we'll uh, link in the bio uh, for, yeah, for people. Like, there's a link on um, the Uni of York uh, page and on the UK BJJ Underground as well. If you just hit her up, I'm sure she'd we'll, be we'll more than happy to let you know. My point. My point with that is though, like comparative, like to what we've been saying, like this is something that Violet's been strongly and passionately, you know, supportive of for for, you know, years and years. This isn't just a yeah. knee jerk reaction to this this happening. Yeah. Like she's you spoken, she's spoken about social. Yeah, you see a social like, media page. Her dissertation as well. Like it's yeah, I read about, that. I read it. It's oh, about like it. uh, racism for a lot of uh, women. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting. She's been a huge like believer in social justice for you know for as long as I've known her. So, like you know, it, like a hundred percent support it. Go and buy a rash guard. Like you'll probably need one like, if you're listening from Uni of York. You'll need one for the new year anyway. So, you might as well go and get one that's supporting you know Black Lives Matter and actually supporting people. Like go and do it. It's not it's not like ficking in her coffers. This is all the proceeds are going. Yeah. It's not a not a, not a you know, it's not like Finley Vale charity. It genuinely is. Like, go and do it. Yeah. I mean, th- this is something she's been thinking about for a while, and she wanted to make sure she did it in the right way. So I like, think she's. It's it's a it's an appropriate use of platform as well. Like Violet mm-hmm. is a purple belt who's, you know, who's got a, got a little bit of jujitsu brand for herself now. Like she's. Sponsored by Zenkai, isn't she? And she's, um, you know, she's, 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 she's actually left Zenkai. Ah, she was, <laughs> she <Yeah>. was <laughs> fact checked on. She was sponsored by Zenkai, but either way, like you know, she, she has, she has been making these strides as like a, a competitor and stuff. So like, you know, that's that's something to admire that you know she's using this platform and following that she has and and able to you know produce this. Like, that's amazing. Mm. Big up. Yeah, it, it's it's great stuff. I mean, I can't can't fault it in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I think you've said we've said anything, everything we can really on that. I, I think it's brilliant, um, and I hope a lot of people get on board with the idea because I think it's a great way of, of of spreading awareness and also supporting a great uh, movement. Shall we um shall we dive uh, away from from this or do you want to carry on? To I, I think for a bit? I think the right thing to do is leave this episode there. You think? I think I think that should be the message we end yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Profound okay. profound words, I'd say. Yeah. I will we will um we will link to uh Violet's page and uh all the links towards her uh places where you can buy those rush cards because like I said, get on board, do your thing. Um, any any last things you guys want to say before we we wrap this up? Um, yeah, I just want to say, no. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to you guys for just you know speaking so clearly about this. Like, it's helpful for everyone, I think. Oh yeah, thank thanks. Uh, like, same from me as well. <laughs> Obviously, 
I'm sure there's people listening to it who have different opinions and I think I, I think even even if you don't have the same opinion, I think the healthiest thing to do is to talk and educate one another as best as you can really. Yeah. And I think this course is a is the king. Yeah. And I think that Education movement is definitely this movement, sorry, is definitely doing that. I think I've learned more about oppression and the whole background behind it in the past couple of weeks than I have throughout my entire life. Um, so I think that is a brilliant, you know, it's, it's benefactory to me and it's benefactory to everyone who educate themselves. That's probably my last two cents on the matter. Definitely. Tune in. In a week or so, when we'll discuss these retirements. Oh yeah, we said <laughs> bogus retirement. Discuss the UFC. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get just, to it doesn't. It doesn't feel right. No, to... it does. It's no. bigger fish to fry. Even though the UFC's been fun, I guess this is way more important. Yeah. Um. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dogfight. Um. We did say it wasn't gonna get it, gonna get deep, but I'm afraid we just couldn't avoid it. It's it was just too pressing. It was a conversation we needed to. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad we had it. Um, next week we will try and stay more. Uh, I don't know, get a fixed on a point on theme. On a theme, because <laughs> we've spoken about a lot of things today, like films, and then we started speaking about the fucking weather, and then eventually police. we got to yeah, police and uh, the movements. Today. The P word. The P word. The the big P word. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, like we said down below you can find links to uh, Violet's uh, Black Lives Matter rash guards you can buy now uh, like we said all the proceeds will be going to various charities is it various charities or is it just one charity um, it's two charities it's the Black Lives Matter charity and I believe it is I'll just check now um, the Black Curriculum brilliant is, okay. um, about teaching black British history in schools fantastic yeah we'll link that all below we'll get that uh, promoted go and buy one if you uh if you support the movement, it's a, it's a great cause, and go and give Violet a follow and show her some love. She's done some great things over the past couple of weeks, and also before all this, like you said. Um, we have been Dogfight. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next week. Um, we'll be talking about, hopefully, UFC and some other things. And stay tuned, because we do have some uh, more one-on-one interviews from Tom K, and maybe some bigger interviews of others, including ourselves. Uh, anything you guys want to say? Is that, are we wrapping up? Peace and love. <laughs> Tom? <laughs> Peace and love. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening, uh, everyone. Stay safe, take care of each other. Uh, we'll see you in the next one.